The Sports Crib Podcast, episode 249. How can self-awareness improve our sports career development? Hello Sports Achiever and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Crib Podcast. I'm your host Ed Bowers. Before I talk about this week's podcast special guest, if you're figuring out your next step or you're figuring out how to start a career in the sports industry, I've got something just for you, which is my sports career mini course, which is all about helping you discover and start your career journey in the sports industry. Today, it's 40 minutes long, short and sweet, where you take actual action with regards to what you want to do in the sports industry. If you want more information, go to education to sport forward slash take action. Now, my goal is always to provide you a special guest who can encourage and really inspire you with regards to your own sports career development, especially with regards to having that self-awareness with your sports career development. I hope today's episode can support you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Shaylin Johnson. Shaylin is a certified behaviour consultant and an expert softball coach where her passion is all about consulting leadership, team building, and implementing DISC to really stimulate our self-awareness and building stronger relationships in the sports industry. Also, Shayla and I share something in common. She is a podcaster and the host of The Coach is the Other C Word, which is a podcast all about how to be a better sports coach. This podcast will share the qualities of what it takes to be an effective communicator as a coach and a dynamic coach when working with your players. So for that reason, it's such a pleasure to have Shailen as a special guest on the show. And that's when today's episode, Shailen will share her sports career journey and explain to you why self-awareness is so important with regards to her own sports career development. Shailen, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast show. Please share to listeners your sports career journey. When did it all start? Oh my gosh, when did it all start? Um, I've always, you know, been around sports. I played sports growing up. I went on and played uh, college softball um, here in Indiana in the U.S. And that's really when I started trying to figure out how I could make a life around sports. Um, right after I graduated, I got directly into coaching. I coached at a junior college that I once attended and I kind of got thrown into it kind of weird because that was 2019, um, just the tail end of it. So our first season was 2020 and COVID happened. So everything got shut down literally a week into our season. We got nine games in. And um, once that was done, I was kind of left wondering what to do. You know, I was always in school, always playing softball. And so my identity was really in that. And so without softball, without school, I didn't even know what I wanted to do. Um, and then this company profile that I work for now got brought to my attention. A guy that works here is actually a family friend and they were looking for a statistician. Well, I got my, my college degree in math. I had every intention of becoming a math teacher. Um, but when they met me, they're like, wow, you are just a people's person. You don't look like you want to sit behind a computer all day. And I actually got really lucky to be the director of training and development here. And 
this company is such a cool, I guess I should say company in, in regards to the sports industry, because it's not what you'd normally think about. Um, we're behavioral consultants for sports teams. So some of our clients are like the Dallas Cowboys um, for American football and uh, Purdue men's basketball, Stanford, like all these big um, division one programs. And I just get to talk sports. I get to help coaches get better at people. And it's, it's been fantastic. I'm still, it's been about a year that I've been here, but um, I have a lot to learn, but I've enjoyed the time that I've spent. Well, I've got to go back in time. I want to talk about one point now about identity. Have you found that within that sort of 15 months when you're figuring that out? Yeah, I, I, I think I do. I, you know, us as people, we always change, right? So I'm going to be different in five years than I was today. Um, but I think my issue was just letting my identity be in my titles. So sister, daughter, coach, friend, all these things um, that, you know, one day, literally because of COVID, half of them went away. And I didn't know who I was or what I enjoyed or, you know, how to spend my time if I wasn't doing those things. So through, you know, work and, and helping people get better at themselves, I've been able to get better at myself. And I absolutely think that I'm on the right track at figuring out who I am. Um, and what I enjoy and, and who I am without, you know, anything else tied to me, including my job, you know, anyone I'm, I'm connected to. Um, it's been tough, though, because it's not something we usually think about. But yeah, I, I think so in terms of identity. I think I'm starting to figure it out. And just reflecting now, was part of the puzzle not labeling yourself as like a coach or as a student studying math? Just for the listeners listening in, I'm going to put my hand up. I had to have that identity check or a realization, but what I learned was not putting a label on Ed Bowers, just sort of focusing on some, some area. So for me, it was podcasting and let that journey unfold. I just would love your thoughts. Bearing in mind, we're only talking about 15 months. I'm relating to six years just on podcasting side, but I just love your reflection of the learning lessons or, as I said, that labeling element, did that help looking back? Yeah. You know, once I was just like, what is the most important thing to me, right? If I had nothing and that was tough to try to figure out because there's all these outside influences. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm playing softball right now. This is the most important thing. Oh, I'm doing my profile work right now. This is the most important thing. And it took a lot of time being spent alone to figure out what it was. And, and deep down it's people for me. I think that we're put on this earth um, to make connections and to interact and to influence each other. And and I think that's the most special thing that we can do. It's the most powerful thing we can do. And so my identity being in this, in this, as this person that is so focused on connections and just meeting people and, and making people smile or whatever the case may be, that has been my driving force or my passion behind everything I do. Even something super small, if I'm just talking to the cashier at the supermarket, right? Just being a person where that is my identity. I'm someone that cares about people, that cares about interactions. And I place a lot of value on that. That has been the main thing that's gotten me to separate myself from my titles because that's who I can be in any title. It doesn't matter what I'm, what title I'm given. That is me at my core. And that's, I'm still building on that. Probably gonna get a little bit more here in the next, in the next 15 months. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I came to after spending some time just by myself. I think it's always ongoing. You never reach where you want to reach to that on this element of self-development, I mean. But just one thing, just for any people who are coaching or like how has coaching softball improved your communication skills 
or as you said, people skills looking back as well? Oh man. Um, tremendously. I think communication is so important, but more importantly, I think effective communication is the key. Um, I can talk however I'd like. I can coach however I'd like if I want to be, you know, goofy and fun, or if I want to be just kind of hard nosed and direct, I can do that, but it doesn't matter if it's not resonating with my girls, if they're not picking it up in the way that I intend it, it's almost counterproductive. So I really took a lot of time to try to figure out what's the best way to communicate with these certain groups. So for example, you know, I worked primarily with outfielders and I'm in, in my job using disc, I'm an I, so I'm an extrovert. I'm loud. I'm fast paced. I'm fun. And I love to talk and, I, and everything's crazy. I'm a lot of hands, gestures. I'm very open, but all my girls were the opposite. So they're C style. So they're very analytical. They think a little bit more. They don't talk as much. They're very concerned about being correct or doing things right. Um, they're very detail oriented, a little bit rigid. And so, as you can see, those are polar opposites. And so at first when I'm trying to be fun and fast and like, come on guys, like follow along, it wasn't working. They weren't getting it. They weren't picking up things right away. And that was frustrating for me. Cause I'm like, why don't you guys just get it? Like, I'm just telling you everything. Um, but that kind of like pivotal moment for me to realize that effective communication is more important than me just talking and knowing everything. I have to make sure that I put it, this in a way that they understand. And so that, you know, was just me even saying this one simple sentence, I'd introduce a drill and I, before I made them go out and do it, I'd look at them and say, do you guys understand why we're doing this? And if they didn't, I took the time to explain. And if they did, then that was great because now I know they're on track. I know that we're on the same page and they don't have to think about that anymore. They can just focus on performing. And that was when I really started to see a change in the girls and the way that they performed in drills and in games is when they were, things were slowed down. And I talked to them in the way that, that was the most receptive to them. So coaching softball has helped me with that because now I'm making it a point when I interact with anyone to try to pick up on what is the best way to communicate with them so that we're having the best interaction as possible. So just to add this layer, gosh, this is like an onion. I want to peel this little nice. story. With the effective communication, would you say, because you said you were frustrated, was it because you weren't speaking their language with certain terminologies or the body language wasn't connecting with them as well? I'm just intrigued on this point. You know, it was the fact that I feel like I'm explaining it perfectly. I'm giving them everything, um, but it was fast. I'm going a hundred miles an hour. And sometimes with coaching, you kind of have to time is of the essence when we're in college sports, because, you know, you only get four years and then, in like the NCAA, you know, you only get certain hours in the week and it's crazy. You've got to be really um, good with time management and you don't want to spend too much time talking. So here I am as a new coach and I'm trying to establish myself as someone that knows what she's doing, but also try to stay on time. Right. And I'm just trying to go with the flow. It's almost like I got rushed. I started getting too wrapped up in this speed and trying to earn respect that I stopped thinking about them, right? It's like, I'm the coach, do what I say. And when it wasn't, um, it wasn't clicking. I could see it wasn't clicking in their faces. I could see, you know, when they were trying to do the drill that either I didn't explain it thoroughly enough or whatever the case may be, it was, there was some disconnect. And it was because I was thinking about myself. Um, and so the key there was to think about them. 
am I doing this in order for them to understand more than just to hear myself talk? Right. Um, and so I would say that was the thing that was frustrating is because I've never ran into that. I've never been able to not express myself. You know what I mean? It's like, speak, it's literally like speaking a different language. Like I'm sitting there speaking Spanish and they only understand English. And it's like, what do I do? So I had to take the time to learn English, right? To learn their English and speak to them in a way that they would better understand. Um, and once I did it, I'm so happy I did. Wow, what a great start this conversation. Just for any listeners who are students, what is the benefit of doing coaching during the time at college? For example, at university, I did a lot of tennis coaching and I'm not kidding you not, I was doing coaching with benches, secondhand rackets and again you're sort of adjusting with the environment but it improves your communication skills which we've touched on already but just for anybody listening who can't get work experience in the industry they can still get experience building these communication methods I'll just love your thoughts on that yeah I think the sooner you can get into coaching the better especially as a young student um, a young person in general is because the things that we learn as a young coach or a coach that doesn't have it all, right? We're not these big division one coaches that have all the funds. We've really got to establish this soft skill. And I think this is the most important thing that I learned from being a college athlete into a coach was just the ability to figure it out, to be inventive. Um, it's almost like a mix of like problem solving and like resilience, but not as like aggressive, right? We have issues that arise or we don't have a right, the right equipment or, you know, issues are coming upon the team that we don't know. We're not experienced enough to figure it out. Um, and just having this, this piece of you that can figure stuff out as you go, right? And having, and that's helped me in my job now, right? Life is so unpredictable. Your jobs are unpredictable. Things always happen. But the younger you can start and you can start building that into your repertoire of, hey, regardless of what happens, I'm always going to be okay. Things are always going to work out. And I'm always going to figure it out. That has been the soft skill that I think is the most instrumental that I learned as a young, a young coach. And then the other thing too is starting young, regardless of where you start, if you're doing, if you're coaching, you know, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 10-year-olds, whatever, experience is experience, right? That looks good on a resume. If you're trying to get into the industry, putting yourself out there and doing jobs that maybe you don't want right this second is important because it can help you later get to where you want to go. I was just a volunteer coach at a junior college and I had to bust my butt um, because I was working full time and I'm driving 40 minutes to the fields. I live 30 minutes from there. Sometimes I'd have to drive an hour. It was crazy. But the experience I got from it that I can put on my resume is fantastic. The people that you meet from it. Um, But besides that, I think being flexible is the other thing. Cause you're the young person, right? You know, you're not the head coach. So it's, you got to find this line of, you know, being a young coach, not being their friend, right? Not being their friend, but also being respected. And I think that's also so invaluable because if you get thrown right into a head coaching job or you get thrown right into some type of sports industry job um, without prior experience, you're going to stumble a little bit because that's tough. Being young and being in a position like that is so hard. So when you have less pressure as like a volunteer or an assistant or just a young coach and you have time to figure that out and figure out who you are as a coach, that was, I think, the other thing 
that is so important about starting off young, regardless of how you start, is figuring out who you are as a coach and what your philosophies are and what you believe in and what your absolutes are. Because that's what I figured out in my two years. Now there's things I will not budge on. There are things that I compl I'm completely open to. There's things that I believe have to be done in regards to people and processes and things like that, that I would have never known if I would have just jumped right into coaching now as a 25 year old. I'm glad I started at like 21, 22, because that time allowed me to really be solid in who I am um, as a coach right now. This is who I am in inside my title, right? This is separate of my identity. But now if I were to sit in an interview, I could sit here and tell you everything I'm about without a doubt. And I could speak with conviction and passion because I've been through it. I went through the tough times as a young coach to figure out how I want things to run, right? I don't have to get my feet wet now. Now I'm ready to jump right in because I have had my time to kind of decipher, right? What I want. So just putting you on the spot, how about learning from mistakes during that period as well? You know, it's funny that you say that. Um, there is an interview with Kobe Bryant and he's talking about the idea of failure. And he says that failure does not exist because we're always basically, I'm paraphrasing, but we're always given the opportunity to keep going. Failure only exists if you quit. So in terms of mistakes, I don't think mistakes are ever bad because um, everyone's going to fall, regardless if you're 25 or if you're 50 or if you're 60, whatever, if you're the most experienced person in the world or you're not, you know, everyone's going to make mistakes, but it's more about what do I get out of the mistake? How am I growing from it? If I'm just going to accept that that's a mistake and I'm not going to do anything in order to change it or fix um, the behavior, that's when we start having issues. That's when it's a failure. That's when it's bad. Um, I think mistakes, just like anything, anything that has like such a negative connotation, like conflict has a negative connotation. I think those are room for growth if we treat it correctly. So as a young coach, you're going to make an insane amount of mistakes. Even now as a coach, even just in my position here in the sports industry, I've made so many mistakes, but it's the fact that I have not made the same mistake twice. I've made it a point. Oh shoot. I messed up. Let me think about it. Right. Let, let, I'll, let it eat me up a little bit, but now I'm adamant about never making that same mistake again. And it's just continual growth from me on that aspect. But guess what? If I grow in one direction, maybe I'll make mistakes somewhere else. So it's like you're always you're always growing. There's never an excuse to be stagnant when you're looking at your mistakes that way. I call it a game of snakes and ladders. You know, you hit those snakes, you know, you're going back the board and then you hit the ladder. And that's the confidence. The reason why I say this and, and please back me on this. This is transferable. This isn't just being a coach. I'm looking at if you want to work in the sports industry and you're 21 and you're just graduating, you're figuring out those steps. Again, I'm putting my hands up from the age of 21 to 25. I was making mistakes on this podcast show and then next podcast, I'll be better and doing the rep. So that's why I asked that question on mistakes, because when you do get 25 and you're in an interview or you're speaking to an influence in the sports industry, you can back it up with experience. Um, and then looking back from 25 to 28, gosh, I'll be a 30 now. You know, it's the same thing. It's just how you process it. So I love your, again, I love your thoughts on that, that what you've just said is, transferable and, and I'll be really intrigued of how you've now developed in this sort of behavior consultant like I'm just intrigued have you modeled it the same of coaching like you're finding your feet there in this new identity yeah and it's been a little bit easier I'm not gonna lie I've been really fortunate with this job because figuring out who I was and the things that are important to me 
this lot, this job lines up so um, easily, I should say with me, it's almost like you don't have to try, you know, like a relationship when everything's perfect. It's natural. Shailen, it comes yes, across it's so natural. natural. I feel like I come to work and I get to be myself every single day. I get to talk to coaches about coaching. I get to talk to coaches about people. I get to help people with self-awareness. You know, the things that I am naturally passionate about, regardless of this job, I get to sit here and do that. Um, so I wouldn't say it's easier than coaching, right? But I don't make nearly as many mistakes in, in regards to like my, my podcast and things like that. But I still have so much to learn because it is a business, right? I'm, I'm, I'm new to the business world of the sports industry. So when it comes to everything outside of me, just sitting in front of a mic or sitting in front of a camera talking, sometimes I've got to learn so much like me, man, am I fast paced and I love fun. I hate details and I hate, you know, the organization and I've had to struggle with that. And so now I, I write everything down. Like that's how you grow from your mistakes. Am I, I wouldn't say I'm embarrassed about it, but it was such a big piece in my job and I couldn't do it. I couldn't just be detail oriented and focused. And that was so hard for me because as a coach, sometimes you don't have to do that. I got to be a coach for two years and I was just fun. I didn't have to focus on the details or do anything like that. It was just people. So now the other side of this job and I'm really struggling, right? With the details and the focus and um, the attention. And I could have sat there and be like, you know what? This job just isn't for me because that's just not who I am. Or I looked at my mistakes. I looked at my shortcomings or I called them blind spots. And I was like, I can either run from those blind spots and find something that fits me almost just as well, where I don't have to focus as much, or I can sit here and work at it and find my way of trying to still be myself, but fix these things that I'm not that great at. So like transferring, you know, being who you are and the mistakes from coaching into like the real world and real sports industry, I think has been so instrumental. I don't think I would have made the decisions I've made if I wasn't a coach first, right? And I learned how to figure things out and I learned how to be flexible. And I learned how to battle adversity and then transfer that into my job now. You know, you can never, like I said, you can never stop learning. You can never stop bettering yourself. And I, I love to bet on strengths. Always bet on yourself. Whatever you're good at, run with it 100%. And don't let anyone tell you not to. But at the same time, there's things that we are weak at. Everyone is. And if you are a kind of person that can really, really try to develop yourself into being just a little bit stronger here and there at your weaknesses, I mean, it's only going to benefit you not only as a coach, not only as a student, not only as, you know, an employee, but when, you know, if you're in your own boss, right, those things are so important. Um, I don't know if that completely answered your question, but I think I was on the right track. You definitely were. I'm pumped up. I, I just, I could listen all day and I hope the listeners are enjoying this too. And it really does work really well with regards to today's podcast topic now. And you've mentioned it briefly with regards to self-awareness, but how can self-awareness improve our sports career development? And you can relate this to your experience, but if possible, related to the current work you're doing. Yeah. So just like super brief on the company, um, like I said, we're behavioral consultants. It's a behavioral technology company. For any of the listeners that are familiar with things like DISC or Myers-Briggs or Colors or anything in that realm of... Um, I would say those are like self-awareness assessments. Um, we use DISC among two others. And we use this specifically with sports teams. That's more of our niche. We do some other businesses. Um, but the sports world, 
this is something that's missing, right? Kids are getting way more talented um, physically. And so there's no shortage of great athletes. But when we're trying to find colleges to go to, or we're trying to figure out what coach works best with who or how to handle team conflict, we have to look at a team dynamic, right? And the only way to do that, the only way to measure is to look at yourself first. And so this gives you a couple of letters and it kind of tells me your external behavior. So visual, vocal, verbal. When I interact with you, what am I getting? How do you speak? How do you handle stress? Um, where are your energy drains at? What are your values? What are your motivators? Things like that. And we use those assessments to talk with a head coach and be like, hey, this is your team. They're comprised of this type of behavioral, I, this behavioral style. And just like I was saying earlier with I'm an I and, and my girls were C's, how can I be more effective in communicating with them? And we've just kind of taken that and ran with it. We use it for recruiting. Um, we use it for team building, leadership development. Now to go back to self-awareness, I use this example in one of my episodes. If I am on a road and I'm driving, I'm on a road trip and I get lost and I have no idea where I'm going um, and I don't have a map, I don't have any street signs, no landmarks, nothing. I have no, I have no clue where I'm at. It's going to be almost impossible for me to figure out where I'm going and how I need to change my directions, things like that. Um, I can do it. I can guess, right? But I'm probably just going to waste a lot of time. Now, if I do have a roadmap or I do know kind of just the gist of where I'm at, there's some street signs, some things that I can measure so I can figure out where exactly I need to go. It's going to be a lot easier for me to figure out what direction should go, where, which direction I should go. Now I relate that to people and I relate that to coaching. I relate that to relationships. When we're trying to interact with people and we have no idea where we're at personally, right? So self-awareness, we have no idea. It's going to be in incredibly hard for us to be able to adapt, to be more effective, to interact with other people or to get where we want to go, right? But if I do have this roadmap, I know exactly where I'm starting. I can figure out where I need to go, how I need to change um, to be, to make this the best road trip or to make, make this the best interaction possible. And so that's where I kind of live in terms of the assessments. This self-awareness is so important, not only for you to know yourself, right? Everyone should know themselves as best as they possibly can. But like I said, the most important thing that we can do as people and why I feel like we're here is to interact and to do that in the best way possible. I have to know who I am. I have to know what tools I have in my tool belt in order to use, not only in the workforce, in a relationship, in a friendship, but in order to know what I'm missing. So like I said, those shortcomings, you never know what your shortcomings are, your blind spots are if you don't know yourself. And I think it's all connects with everything I just said too, is in terms of betting on your strengths, knowing what you do well, and just putting all your chips in on that. And I think that was something that I did. Once I really figured out who I was and what I'm good at, um, I stopped thinking about everything else. I stopped thinking about money. I stopped thinking about what else I wanted to do. And I really just followed my strengths. And it's gotten me here for a year and it's been fantastic. But it all started with me really diving into figuring out who the heck I am. I'm going to put in a curveball. I found this really interesting. How about the ability to get out our comfort zone? Yes, we have the tool belt of our strengths, which I totally agree. And relating to your drill profile, you didn't like the attention to detail, but it was that moment when you got out your comfort zone to figure this out. So 
and you can go back to the car example as well like yeah you have your roadmap but what if i want to go to the next road trip and plan for that but it's out of my comfort zone i'm just intrigued i'm putting you on the spot a little bit i hope you don't mind no i love it i i love being put on the spot honestly um i, I think it's really genuine too so um comfort zones are where we start to get stagnant, right? This is when life starts to stay the same. We get into routines. I work a nine to five and it's kind of the same every day. And, and I like it, it's very stable and secure, right? People kind of strive for some, some type of security. But in the same way with sports, your comfort zone is detrimental to you becoming what you're supposed to become, right? We have the saying, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And, you know, I'll use like a softball drill for this. You know, you have a plate in softball and if it's over the plate, it's a strike, right? We, we know that in terms of sports and I got, I, I'm terrible at hitting outside pitches. I don't know why I just, I hate it. And so to put me in the most uncomfortable position, I would set up a tee that was like double outside of the plate. It wasn't even close to a strike. And I worked at trying to hit that ball fair every time. And it, it's not a strike. So why would I ever swing at that? But I was making myself uncomfortable and I was pushing myself to this extreme situation in order to be better at, at the situation at hand. So I'll use it this way. I got really good at hitting that double outside tee. So now when a pitch came that was on the outside corner and it was a strike, I could hit it harder than ever before because I had pushed myself outside of my comfort, comfort zone. I kind of made it over-exaggerated so that I could perform better in my, I guess, in, in my moment. So in like my work right now, I love talking to people, but it still scares me, right? It's still, I get nervous every single time. So when I have to do a program, I try to make it to the point that I'd maybe say something or do something that I haven't done before, just to test the waters. Because if I get into the, this, this rut, of saying the same stuff every training. I'm gonna get passed up so quick. And also people are gonna get tired of it. And it's not gonna be as passionate. You have to constantly chase being better. And you're not gonna be able to chase anything if you stay in one zone. So getting outside your comfort zone is tough to make yourself do that. And if you can't do it yourself, find someone um, whether it's a work partner, life partner, whatever it is, that helps you push yourself outside of your comfort zone because it's only going to make you better. Um, and for those of you that can push yourself outside of your comfort zone by yourself, man, you are unstoppable. If you can do that on your own and you have no problems at constantly elevating your game that way, you're, yeah, you're going to be unstoppable for sure. But your comfort zone is what is holding you back. Try your best to get out of that somehow, some way. If you're terrible at talking to people, maybe go talk to a stranger at the supermarket. I don't know. But start doing little things that kind of push you to be a little bit different and work on those things that you're weak at. Um, and it's just going to go up from there. Absolutely. I hope the people are taking notes. And by the way, having accountability partner is key. Just I'm doing a lot of running at the moment, Shailen, and I've got a coach and man, I've been pushed every time. So don't get me wrong. I used to run on my own with no help thinking I can get better, but having that bit of accountability just puts it on paper. You know, it just makes you push yourself more because somebody's hoping that you're going to get better with each run. But now to about another element, your podcast show. 
What's it about? What inspired you to set up this podcast show and why? Yeah. So, you know, my boss always is trying to put me out there a little bit more just because I'm me and I'm fun. I love to talk to people. But um, this this is something that did put me outside of my comfort zone. So it kind of connects really well. As much as I love talking to people and I'm extremely passionate, I can go on rants forever. The thought of the podcast made me so nervous, right? I'm in my studio right now. And the first couple episodes, I didn't even want people that were walking around to even hear me speak. Um, I don't know why it made me so scared or why I was so nervous, but got over that very quickly. Um, So it was really his idea to start the podcast, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, Again, I'm passionate about people. So it was definitely leadership based at the beginning. And I really wanted to talk to young women. Um, But we have a client now in Georgia women's basketball, head coach, Joni Taylor. She's one of the best coaches in the country right now. Um, She had brought up to me that there is an issue with the experience of women's student athletes at the collegiate level, more specifically women's basketball. And it took me a few months just sitting and kind of dwelling over it. Like, why, why is there an issue? And I know my personal experience of being a college athlete and I, I know they're similar, right? It's not always sunshine and rainbows. Like some people think it's really hard. And so I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what that is. And again, people are the most important thing. And I, when I coached at DAC, I became even more obsessed with the idea that these girls, their experience matters more than anything, more than the wins, more than the trophies, more than, you know, sometimes even the lessons you learn, it's how they feel in that moment. And what are they, what are they going to look back on in their experience? Is it going to be a positive one or is it going to be a negative one? And so as a young coach, I made that my mission to make sure these girls enjoyed themselves while learning at the same time. And then it hit me with the podcast that this is what I want to talk about. I want to mix in profile a little bit, but I really want this to be about leadership and I want it to be about identity. And I want it to be about things that are relatable to these young women that are either playing right now or going into being coaches. And so my podcast is for women. It's, it's for women's coaches, women's athletes, women's directors. And we had to think of a name that was, I guess I should say a little bit shock and awe because I'm young. I don't really have much of a platform. And so when we think of the sports industry, there's a lot of men and there's no problem with men. There's just so many, even in the women's side, there's so many men. And sometimes we have these coaches and these players and these, you know, even umpires, whatever, all these guys that can be like, you know, stick their chest out, be super aggressive. They can act a certain way and give all these negative images, right? And they can just be gra- like really brass and rude. And it's okay because it's, pro- they, it's brushed off as they're just a passionate coach, right? Then we have a woman's athlete or a woman coach that does the same thing. And they get called every name in the book. Like I think of Serena Williams a few years ago, she got into it with her line judge and she throws her racket down and she is screaming at him. And she's extremely passionate, but every headline, I even saw cartoons that week after that had happened. And it was all about calling her a brat or a baby or whatever the case may be. So when we think, and I, I want to challenge these generic opinion, opinions on passionate women. So when we think about describing those passionate women's coaches, I want you to think of the word coach and not any of those derogatory terms. So The title is Coach is the Other C Word, and it's all about these passionate women telling their stories and talking about these issues in women's sports. So I've been really fortunate to have quite a few guests. I think we're on episode, 
maybe four or five coming out this week on Thursday. Um, and I get coaches on to tell their story, but I also talk about, you know, we talk about media representation of women's sports. We talk about the issues going on with the NCAA right now with women's sports. They've been in some heat about women's basketball, softball, volleyball, golf. It's been crazy. And then I had another coach talking about being a, a mom and doing these things as women and kind of just, like I said, challenging that generic opinion um, on strong women. And then also there's going to be some bonus episodes where I kind of talk about what we do at Profile and I connect it um, to real life and I connect it to implementation. How does this stuff matter? Why does it matter and how can I use it? So it's been fun. It's been a learning uh, curve, I should say, because like I said, I'm not a podcaster. I still get really nervous, um, but it's been really good and, I, and it's lighthearted. It's very conversational. Um, so you can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, anything like that. Um, it's kind of just wherever your favorite podcast platform is. Just going back to your career now, what areas are you focusing now, like with your career journey? Like, if you don't mind me saying, you're still young in a way, like how are you looking to where you want to develop with your sports career moving forward? Yeah, so you're right. I am young. I'm, I, you know, it feels like every, I'm, I'm having my quarter life crisis. Like I feel like I'm getting old and I'm not, um, I'm very fortunate that I'm starting out, um, as young as I am, you know, looking, I guess, moving forward, my biggest thing. Um, and I think the thing that's going to make me feel like I have been successful or my work has been, um, meaningful is just connecting with people. That's all I want to do is just as I continue to move forward in this career, meeting as many people as possible, talking to as many people as possible, um, influencing or, you know, getting people to kind of like, listen to me on my platform. Like, it sounds like I'm on a soapbox sometimes the way I talk, um, but I love having a platform. And I think if I can continue to build my career in terms of in the sports industry with my platform and I help people that way, um, that's what I'm looking to do. If I'm, you know, 50 years old and I get to just talk to coaches and talk to young student athletes, I would be so incredibly happy. No dollar amount would matter to me at that point because I, I think that's just what I love. Um, I think just still trying to find, like, I guess live with my passion, right? I've always been a worker. Like I've, I've done the, like the weirdest jobs and I've just loved them. Like I worked at Subway for like six years all through high school, and like into college. And like, I loved it. I have no idea why. Like it's so random. I did like yard work, like so many weird things. And now I'm finally putting an emphasis on what is important to me rather than just like, just to have a job. And now I just want to run with it. All I want to do every day is just follow that passion of people and sports and coaching. And if I'm in that some capacity, regardless of what I'm doing, that's kind of just what I'm aiming for. It's really loose right now. I don't have like a real good goal in mind, um, but I'm just, if I'm doing what I'm doing, I'll be happy. I just want to touch on one thing passion is used quite a lot in this show and I would just love to hear your definition of passion and also is it passion plus purpose or both oh wow what a good question wow what a good question passion I guess the way I would define this and it's not a very good definition but it's what gets you up in the morning right um when I work it does not feel like work because it's 
like a passion, right? If we can follow our passions, it, like it's so cheesy to say, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But that's really is what it is. So my passion is the things that are like my absolutes. It's the things I value to my core, right? These are my non-negotiables. And so when I say my passion for people, that is what I believe I'm put out here to do. Like I've said that a few times. And so when you said passion plus purpose, that is absolutely it. That is absolutely it. it you know, we have to have a why. Um, I did this with my girls. Things get tough being a college athlete. You hit a wall. It's grueling. There's so many hours. Your schedule's not your own. You still got schoolwork to do. It gets hard. And, it's, you know, when you're practicing or when you're in a tough game, you have to know your why. Why are you out there doing what you're doing? Whether it be your family, whether it be, you know, maybe it's the money for you if you're on a scholarship, whatever it is, whatever your why is that's helping you push yourself. That's what I think my passion is, right? So when things got tough with me coaching and I wanted to stop, right? Like it got so, it got hard, right? And you're just like, oh, what am I doing? I would look at those girls and be like, this is my why. I am so passionate about you guys enjoying yourself and you guys loving softball and you guys loving each other, right? And doing this for each other. That was my why. You know, it's the thing that's behind everything that you do, right? When we have a choice, right? If I choose what I do, my passion's behind it and it's people. And I think that's been the most important thing. If you can find what you're passionate about, above everything else and you can run with that I think you, that that's like 80% of the work done right there happy days as I would say like literally I hope people have really enjoyed this conversation but particular point it is important like even my why with this podcast it really as I said to you when we had that whatsapp you know with podcasting it's about the listener and I hope when you listen to this guys that this show's about you and developing moving forward but Shailen, out of interest, what have you enjoyed the most from your career journey looking back right now? It's been a lot of fun just learning um, something new. Um, I'm so used, like I said, in, in college and in, in everything beforehand, I was kind of just going through the motions, right? What I'm naturally good at. I never really pushed myself um, extremely to the point that I was uncomfortable, right? I was just completely stagnant and going through the motions and this job, why it's been so fun is because I have been able to be myself, but I'm also learning so much about different schools, different sports. I'm learning about myself. I'm learning about other people and I've been able to do it on a big platform. So I think that's been the most fun for me and like the most eventful thing for me. Like the, the biggest thing I've done is, you know, we have the March Madness, the NCAA March Madness. And during that, the final four, there's a coaches convention. And I, my CEO and I got to be keynote speakers and I was 20, I, I, that was earlier this year. So I was 25 and I'm talking that in a lineup with like one of the greatest basketball players of, of all time, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like he was on that same list of, as me. Like, if you know, that is like, that's wild. And I'm, I'm like a nobody I'm down here. Right. And that was such a big moment for me to be like, wow, I can really hang um, with these people. I can really do it. If I just keep following that passion, right? I quit self-doubting. I put all my chips in on myself and I continue to bet on my strengths. I can really do some crazy stuff with this. And so it's been really fun 
pushing the boundaries and trying to figure out what I can do and learning as much as I can. Um, because it's, you know, if you're always on the search for knowledge, you're never, ever going to be satisfied. And that's the best part. Um, there's always so much more out there to learn. And that's kind of just what I think is fun about the job. Absolutely. And I just loved your point there with regards to pushing the boundaries. Look, I've so much enjoyed this conversation. I feel like we're at a great stage where I'd like to finish with an inspirational one. And feel free to recap some of the stuff you've already said because you've already provided examples, tips. But the main question is, what three tips would you give to the listener right now who want to start a career in the sports industry today? I would say, I think I've said all of these, but I'll just, yeah, I'll summarize them. The number one thing, meet as many people as you can. Use LinkedIn and just like if you're trying to get a job in like some country or some state or whatever the case may be, go find people that are in that job and go try to connect with them. Just say, Hey, I'm trying to get into the industry. Just wanted to reach out, connect with you, whatever the case may be. And you'll, you know, you will never ever regret it. Right. Maybe they won't answer. It's okay. My boss made me read a story right when I got this job and it was about this college professor and he offered a trip around the world to anyone that could get a, I think it was like a, a billionaire on the phone, right? Any, anyone that could get a billionaire to have a meeting with them. And a lot of kids wouldn't even try because it was like, there's no way. And there was one guy that kind of, I think he wanted to do it. And he was in the elevator and he started talking to this guy. And he's just talking about school and, he, and the guy started talking about his, his job and his career. And they ended up going on, like a, I think it was a coffee date a coffee meeting, I should say, not a date. Come to find out this guy is a billionaire, okay? And it all started with him just sparking up a conversation in an elevator, right? And just being himself, not looking for anything out of it. But he would have never gotten that opportunity if he didn't just try to talk to someone. And so when I'm talking about connecting, just as many people as you want. Sometimes it's who you know rather than what you know. And I think the more people you meet, the more opportunities you have to get into an industry. And I, so I don't shy away. Even if you're a super big introvert and you don't really like talking to people, push yourself outside that comfort zone and speak to more people as much as you possibly can. The second thing is, like I said, follow your passion, make this, make your career something that's your life rather than a job. And, and I don't mean that as work all day and night and drive yourself crazy. I mean, make it something that you love to do and make it your passion and make it something that you're passionate about and you won't have to feel like you're working. We call this a lifestyle company because I really blend work. I love to work and I will work all day if I have to um, because it doesn't feel like it. It's just, I, I will work at eight, nine o'clock at night. It doesn't even matter because I'm so passionate about it. So find your passion and follow it completely. That sounds so cheesy, <laughs> follow your passion, but okay. And then the third thing, and I think this is the most important thing in life um, in general is to constantly be yourself more than anything. And so this follows with figuring out who you are and your identity. You know, we, we live in this era of, of social media and people always want to, you know, they want better. They want to be like someone else. And it's hard, right? We have kids that are growing up in this sort of this environment, figure out who you are and what you're passionate about and what's your identity and then live there. Cause the things that are supposed to gravitate towards you will, but you've got to be confident in yourself. You've got to speak with some conviction. You've got to believe in yourself over everyone else. And all this stuff is going to follow. 
right? It's like this podcast. Am I getting as many listeners as I'd like to? No, I just started. But if I, I know if I continue to believe in what I'm talking about, continue to keep putting things out, that stuff will come. That stuff will gravitate because they're going to hear it in my voice that I'm not just talking, that I really, truly, in my core, know that this is stuff that needs to be said. And I just, maybe that's wishful thinking. I don't know. But I'm a very positive person, optimistic. And I know that that's what's going to help me get through it is just to constantly believe in what I'm doing, know who I am and what's supposed to happen, who's supposed to connect with me. That all is going to come and it's all just going to stem from me just betting on myself over everything else. So that's my advice. Those are my three things. I think if you do those three things, you can be successful in whatever you do. I hope the people are writing them down because I've just got this big smile on my face. I, I wish I heard that when I just graduated from university at the age of 21, to be honest. Me too. But look, Shailen, I've really enjoyed this conversation. How can people interact with you on social media? Definitely. I have a Twitter um, and it's John at Johnson Shailen. Um, that's kind of like my professional Twitter. So, you know, you can interact with me on there, DM me, tweet me, follow me, whatever there. Um, the podcast also has a Twitter where I post like the promotional marketing, um, images for each episode, what we're going to talk about. And that's at C T O C W. So just take coaches, the other C word, take the is out. So C T O C W and that's that, um, other than that, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm really active on LinkedIn in terms of messages. So Shaylin Johnson, um, besides that, that's really where I interact. And if you guys are interested at all to kind of figure out what the heck profile is, um, our website is www.profile.team. Super easy to remember. And then emailing me that way is shaylen at profile.team. So kind of simple. Um, and I think maybe you'll put them in, in, the, in the description too. Perfect. Okay. So we're golden because Shaylen's kind of hard to spell, uh, let alone say. So um, thank you, Ed, seriously so much. I enjoyed this um, beyond belief. I love talking to people and you are just so passionate. Um, it was really easy. Um, I kind of fed off of you. That's what eyes do. They feed off of each other's energy. So I seriously had the greatest time. Thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure. But before everybody leaves, all those links will be on my show notes relating to this podcast show. And it's been a pleasure, my end, Shailen. And thank you for coming on. It's been a real joy. Awesome. Thank you so much. What a fantastic podcast chat with Shailen. Like, don't know about you, but I've just got this positive energy from that conversation. And look, there's so much I've taken from it, particularly with regards to Shailen's energy and attitude. If they're the two things that just made this conversation just ignite is those two areas and it really does relate to today's podcast topic that self-awareness is so important with regards to our sports career development we went really deep with regards to the importance of our identity and not getting stuck with it the one thing I've learned is when we put an identity or put a label on ourselves, sometimes we put ourselves in a corner, but having that flexibility, like for Shailen, it's being a softball coach and how she's used transferable skills to be a behavior coach, you know, and looking at the way she coaches in a different environment and in a business environment. Like this is the sort of mindset I've learned from people on my podcast show, but even myself that by being flexible, it actually opens up more opportunities. So all I was going to say is, of course, have your GPS set in what you want to do in the sports industry, but have that flexibility. Like I really enjoyed when we talked about how our communication skills are vital, and that's applicable to any industry. But when she went deep with the Gaza, she was fast of how she taught 
her girls in softball, but she adjusted, slowed it down. Like the best question she said was like, do you know why we're doing this exercise? It was a way to get feedback from her players to make sure they know why they're taking the time to develop that skill. So that's one aspect to the conversation I really enjoyed. And then the other part was, you know, when she was explaining about that, you know, getting comfortable, but being uncomfortable, you know, that is the key. And without a doubt, that is so spot on, like from high achievers I've had on the podcast, or even myself, when I put a challenge, it's all about embracing it, and just putting in the time, putting in the reps, and that's part of the process. So look, without a doubt, your self-awareness is really important with regards to your sports career development. And you should should always have that at the back of your mind. Because if you're not pushing yourself to what you want to do, I think you're not going your full potential. And I, I'm, I'm not preaching this. I'm actually saying this to myself as well as a reminder to my own self-development that, you know, at the end of the day, we're here once. We want to make use of the time we have and put it into practice and in what we want to do. Because whatever you do in the sports industry when you've got like the dedication, and I try not to overuse this word, but passion, but what Shailen's explanation, it makes work in this industry so much more enjoyable. So look, without a doubt, make sure you have that self-awareness with regards to your own sports career development and always remind yourself in why you're doing what you're doing. But right at the end from those sports career tips, I hope you put them into practice too with regards to Shailen's tips. Like the one I enjoyed was like get started, like that story that Shailen said about the student being challenged to connect, have a conversation with a billionaire and a lot of students were just in, discouraged because they thought they couldn't do it. But this guy in the elevator by accident made it happen. That is what the sports industry is about. Really, it's just relating to that story. It's about getting started and just creating your own opportunities through places you would never imagine so look i really do hope you've enjoyed this podcast chat please let me know on twitter at edbowers101 or on instagram your biggest learning lesson love to reply to it and put shaylin's creatives into practice now and make it happen now as always at the end of each podcast episode i'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker shaylin said constantly focus by being yourself more than anything figure out who you are and what you want to be in the sports industry and finding that identity in who you want to be and just live it.